Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Dave Stetzer, the founder of Stetzer Electric. He is one of the most experienced people in the area of measuring electricity in the world, anything related with ground current. He has testified before many court cases and in many countries all over the world. Dave's name was brought to my attention because he is a grounding expert, because there are new products on the market that recommend that we ground ourselves in the Earth's energy. And I had tried one of the products that was out there, and it turned out that I couldn't sleep for three nights. I got up at 2 o'clock in the morning three times, and I thought it would be a good idea to do a segment on grounding, on the Earth's current, on dirty electricity, and have Dave explain to us what this is about so that we're not asleep when it comes to understanding how this all works. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Dave Stetzer to It's Rainmaking Time. Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for being here. You have a background in the military and electronics, don't you? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, I was in the United States Air Force for four years as an electronic technician. And then you started your own electronics company. How long ago? Uh, yes, I started my own business in 1975. And I understand that one of the things that you do is you testify in court cases. You've been involved in research on 30,000 cows. More than 30,000 cows we've done research on, yes. Why? There's something that electric utilities and public service commissions um, call stray voltage. And voltage doesn't stray. It goes where people put it. So if we name it something like stray voltage, I've always said there's stray dogs and stray cats because you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. But when, you, when it comes to ground current or the stray voltage, uh, we know where it's coming from and we, can, and we know where it's going. Uh, there's laws of physics that govern it. Kirchhoff's law says for every electron that leaves a node, one has to return to a node. The utility substations, gener uh, well, the, the generators generate uh, power, electric current, and it goes to a substation. It gets shipped across the country. But for every electron that leaves that substation, which would be called a node, one has to return for everyone that leaves. So um, what happens is 19, by 1998, there was two separate studies done, one by EPRI, Electrical Power Research Institute in Palo Alto, California, and one by the Minnesota Science Advisors, separate studies, that said 70% of all the current that goes out on the phase wires or the hot wires returns via the Earth in, in the United States. Now, what does that mean? Well, 70% of, well, of the current that's going out, and when you drive down the road, you see those highline wires, you know, the big wires? Right. 70% uh, of that current is returning back to the substation via the earth in, in the United States rather than on a wire. So would you, now we have our cows that stand on the earth, on the ground, and there's these ground currents that enter their body and it affects milk production, it affects um, breeding, it affects, uh, they have miscarriages, they absorb, if they do get pregnant, they absorb, uh, it affects their immune system, all kinds of things. And like I said, we've done research on over 30,000 cows. What does this mean to us walking around? What are the implications? Well, the implications are that the ground is not at zero potential. People think the ground, think of it like a sponge. And like a sponge, if you drop water on a sponge, you know, it's absorbed, you don't see or feel it or whatever again, right? But if you drop water on a brick, you have to deal with this water. And the earth is not like a sponge. It's more like the brick where we drop water on the brick. We still have the water there. We have to do something with it. 
So what happens is the current that goes out on the hot wires has to return back to that substation. And in 1992, the Public Utilities Commission said most states allowed the electric utilities to put a ground rod in every pole and use the earth as part of the supply circuits. In other words, there's two paths back. One is via the earth and one's on a wire. And 70% of it in 1998 was coming back via the earth. So I would imagine it's a lot more than that today. So where do we stand on the earth? Where are our cows on the earth? People will have some of the same effects. How do we know what's considered dirty electricity? And could you define that for us? What does that mean? Well, dirty electricity, I would define it as something that deviates from the normal sinusoid. In other words, everybody's seen a 60-cycle sine wave, you know, the up and down, up and down wave one. Um, if we have some, if it's not clean, if it's dirty, uh, or like high-frequency transients, for example, uh, like a laptop computer, one brand will put 25 kilohertz back on the line. Uh, compact fluorescent lights, for example, will put between 50 kilohertz and 100 kilohertz back on the wires. So now the wire, it's not a clean 60 cycle anymore. It's dirty. It, it has high frequency riding on it. Um, you know, towers, 16.5 kilohertz or 12.5 kilohertz will go back on the line just from computers, depending on the brand. So what has Stetzer Electric done to help us with some of the dirty electricity? I notice you have some products like filters and meters, and what's the context in which those have been created and are being used? Well, a long time ago, I had some classes in something called radio wave sickness, okay? And radio wave sickness was something that, that um, and you can look up the symptoms on the Internet, but radio wave sickness is usually, it's, it's caused from exposure to high frequency, okay? And when we were doing research with this cows, people would, the farmers the, would say, you know, this affects people too. And they would list the symptoms that their family would have. And so if that would be the case, then it would be like they were exposed to high frequency. So the question was, where are they being exposed to high frequency from? And this is back in 1998, so we didn't have wireless internet here in the rural areas. We didn't have a lot of cell phones being used. We didn't have a lot of uh, things like this, no big military installations, you know, close to us or something. So the question was, where are they being exposed to this high frequency from? So I am a measurement expert. And so what we did is we found it on the building's wires and we found it on the ground. So I can get rid of it on the building's wires by putting a filter there. So I tried it and these people's symptoms went away. Um, so then we started giving away. And after that, we, we couldn't give them away anymore because we had such a demand for it, but for these filters, but, uh, we put some in a school, for example, 37 kids had asthma, 37 kids no longer used inhalers from the day we plugged them in. Um, and still that was six or seven years ago now, or eight, I guess more. And, uh, uh, you know, they still don't use any kids with inhalers there. Uh, so, the high frequency does affect people. Uh, we know it capacitively couples into the body. So, yes, we can clean that up on the, by putting filters in, in the building and take it off the building's wires. So any plugs in the walls, we can put in these filters, right? Yeah. What you would do is we, we, Professor Martin Graham um, made a meter. Because I went to Russia and we did some experiments there and, some, and I did some research with Russian scientists. And... 
they needed a meter. I use an oscilloscope, so you can also you can actually see the waveform and, and that. But the Russian scientists said, "Look, we need our health department to have a meter that you can read this stuff with or see it, but but we can't afford five thousand dollars for an oscilloscope for each person." So anyway, um, we Professor Graham made this meter, an inexpensive meter that you can plug into the wall. So you need to check every receptacle. You don't need a filter in every receptacle, but you need to check every receptacle. And then you, you just plug the meter in, you get a number, you plug the filter in, you want to see a significant reduction. If you do, you, you leave it there, you go to the next outlet and move on. If you don't see a significant reduction, uh, you know, keep moving on. Don't worry about it. You know, the average home takes like 20. Uh, the average home has one PC and two TVs. So, you know, you can kind of adjust it that way. How about copiers and fax machines and refrigerators? Copiers, fax machines, TVs. Refrigerators aren't usually a problem because they are what we call a linear load. Refrigerators, washing machines, dryers, although the new wash machines have variable speed frequency drives on now, but uh, the older ones uh, didn't. So, But they're what we call linear loads, air conditioning units, furnaces, things like that. So they don't really need one. It's just you need to check the receptacles and, and, and put a filter in and you'll be okay. Now, these filters go from what low frequency to what higher frequency? What is the range? Well, we went to, when I was in Russia, I wanted to find out what the most biologically active frequencies were. So I had to go to, to Russia. And they told me that it was between 4 kilohertz and 100 kilohertz. Since then, the World Health Organizations came out and said it's between 4 kilohertz and 100 kilohertz. Um, the Japanese government said between 4 kilohertz and 100 kilohertz. So we made a filter. Professor Martin Graham from UC Berkeley, who's my best friend, um, he went ahead and he, he designed the filter to take out between 2 kilohertz and 150 kilohertz. So that's why I think we see the miraculous recoveries and things like that. And the results of this stuff has been, um, you know, Professor Magda Havis has done research on it, Professor Sam Millam, uh, from uh, former head of the, the uh, uh, Washington State Health Department. He wrote a book called Dirty Electricity. Um, there's, uh, he's done, and also done research. And the results uh, have been published in peer-reviewed medical journals. Professor Stephen Genesis from University of Calgary has done research on it. So we would probably need 20 filters per house and, what, 15 per apartment? Uh, yeah, it would depend on the electronic equipment, but yeah, that would be very good. You may need a couple of more, maybe you don't need, maybe you got too many, you know, too, too many, but definitely if you put 20 of them in a house or 15 in an apartment, you're going to feel those effects and you should feel it immediately. What if people are living by one of those poles that has like a transformer and all this stuff? What if they're right by one of the poles? There's going to be a big magnetic field there. And there's going to be an electric field. But if you put the filters in, you're still going to have a magnetic field. There's nothing you're going to do in, in the electric field. But it's going to be clean. It's like going to Mexico and drinking the water. It really wasn't the water that made you ill. And I'm not so sure about the 60 cycle. Okay, that's an area that's out of my area of expertise. But I'm not so sure the 60 cycle makes you sick. And you say, well, okay, but there's all kinds of studies that says it does. Yeah, but there's all kinds of studies that says it's inconclusive also. What does the 60 cycles mean? Where did that come from? Well, the 60 cycle is the power that the utility generates, okay? 
and it runs our, it comes into our house, it runs our computer, it turns our, it lights our light bulbs, things like that, okay? So now, but riding on top of that 60 cycle are these high frequencies. So these high frequencies are like going to Mexico and drinking the water. It's like the bacteria in the water. The bacteria you could put on a piece of bread and it would still make you sick, right? Right. The high frequencies make you sick. There's no studies that are inconclusive to my knowledge that says exposure to these pulse high frequencies won't make you ill. What about cordless phones? What frequency are they operating at? They're in a gigahertz uh, area and, and they're higher frequency. Um, and should you use them, you know, distance work? The answer probably is no. Uh, Dr. Neil Cherry, who was commissioned by the European, European Parliament back in 98, his, his uh, report came out called the Cherry Report. And he said the safe level exposure to high frequency is zero. So, and he did a review of the literature. Okay. He was commissioned by the U- European Parliament. So I, that's his area of expertise. So I, I have to default to him. Uh, but are we going to, you know, anybody listening to this interview is not going to use their cell phone less than they are now. Uh, just that you can take some precautions you can, you know, use a speaker, hold it farther away, don't carry it in your pocket, you know, turn it off or something like that, and then answer your messages. Use it. Distance is a big thing. You can take some precautionary things, but I have a cell phone, and I use it, and, and I'm not going to not use it. I, I have to use it for business. But, um, you know, if I'm in my office, I sit it on a table that's probably 10 feet away from me. Um, I can get up and walk 10 feet to answer it. And what do you think about the microwave stations? Can we talk about their potential impact on us in general? It depends on the tower. You'd have to define more. Uh, if you're looking at um, something like a cell tower, right? Um, there's two issues with a cell tower. One is, of course, the broadcast signal. That's what's coming through space. And the other issue with the, with the cell towers is the fact that there's a switch mode power supply in the base. If you And you can say, well, what's that? Well, what happens is all the electronic equipment in the base of that cell tower runs on DC current, direct current. And, of course, the utility supplies us with alternating current. So we have to change the AC current to DC current. And when we do that, we have the switch mode power supply. And it creates a lot of high frequencies and puts it right back on the line. And so then if you're living two blocks from the, from the cell tower or three blocks or a mile, you're still going to get all this dirty electricity coming into your house because they put the cell tower in the neighborhood. So is there anything else we can do besides the installation of these filters? If you're living next to a cell tower or something where there's a broadcast signal, there's some conductive material you can uh, use, uh, you know, to shield it. 3M makes a security film that would go over your windows that, that really cuts it down really good. There's all kinds of devices and, and, and things, but going back to me, I'm a measurement expert, right? and I like to see things on a meter. And when I see things on a meter and then I put something there and it goes away or reduces it and then I take it out and I see the meter change, I need to see the changes on the meter. And so, I mean, there's devices out there that are very good devices and, and equipment that you can use that, that will help you, you know, lower these levels and, and of course... Um, you know, it's very helpful, but you need to have a meter to be able to prove what happened. But the meter that you sell has to do with inside 
people's homes. It's not necessarily where you can go outside and, it, and you pick up higher frequencies above the 150, right? Right. There's a, there's a meter that, that uh, sold called the HF35C, like high frequency 35C. It's an excellent meter. Uh, it's a directional antenna if you want to measure something coming through space, like your wireless internet, um, you know, deck phones, your cell phones, cell phone towers, broadcast signals, things like that. And I think it's about $450 or something like that. And you can get it from like less EMF out of uh, New York. So that's something that people should probably have. But firstly, what's going on in their home is key, right? What's going on in your home are the most biologically active frequencies, okay? And so uh, that meter that we sell, um, you know, I think it's like $125 or something. And if you buy some filters or something, they give you know the dealers will give you a you know a deal on it or something like that. But uh, uh, yeah, what's what's on the wires in the house? You're going to see the most significant change. Even blood sugar. There's been research done with blood sugar, and people have had from 52 to 92 percent reduction in blood sugar. Blood sugar is a number. In other words, you can check your blood sugar, put the filters in, get the number below 30 on that meter. And then check your blood sugar again, and, and you know if you put that get that number below thirty, you probably will use less insulin, things like that. How fascinating! So I mean, maybe the Dalai Lama can psychosomatically change his blood sugar, but I, I don't think you can or I can. Maybe we have the capacity to, but we don't. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> if I live a few more hundred lifetimes, let's talk about the fact that seventy percent of the current are in the phase wires in North America. So what does that tell us about walking around? Well, I wouldn't get worried about walking around because, you know, your legs aren't, you know, the farther apart you put them, the more potential, the more current will go through you. Walking, and you've got to remember when you're walking, you're on one foot, then another foot, so you, you, you don't have a complete circuit. But um, we can put EKG patches on a person's ankles and we can have their feet shoulder width apart. And we can see a 60-cycle sine wave. So is there current going through you? The answer is yes. Okay, it depends on where you are. Uh, I live in the Midwest, so the soil is more conductive. Um, maybe Texas or some places in California, you know, where it's a lot of sandy soil or something, it isn't as conductive. So you won't have, you, you would get different readings, of course. And the time of day would make a big difference because if people are home using a lot of appliances or things like that, then you'll probably have higher levels. So does current go through your body? The answer is yes. Walking around, out on the ground, I mean, if I want to walk barefoot, I'm going to walk barefoot. I don't, you know, I'm not going to change my lifestyle because of it. But I certainly wouldn't connect myself to it and sleep on, you know, uh, overnight or something like that to some mat that's connected to it. I want you to explain why so that we understand because I was so excited about this one product and just found out that it's doing something different than I was told. So explain it. Okay. Like I said, you wouldn't think about going out onto the electric utility, onto the grid, climbing up the pole, and connecting a wire to the bottom wire that of the of the, the pole, right? The, the the electric utility's wires, bringing that wire back in and connecting it to your uh, mat and laying on it. Would you? I mean, you wouldn't think about doing that. No. Well, if you take a, your grounding mat, for example, and you you plug a, a wire into that third prong on your electrical receptacle, that wire goes to your fuse box or your panel, your breaker panel. 
If you take the cover off your breaker panel, you will see the wire comes and it's connected directly to a neutral, the secondary neutral, which goes out to your transformer and then is bonded directly connected to the bottom wire of your electric utility wires. Okay? Okay. So it's a direct connection. So you don't want to plug in there for sure. Okay? I was in California recently and I measured 26 volts. Uh, and it's and it's high frequency on there. So you really don't want to lay on this mat and Or put your feet on the mat. No, absolutely not. No. Now there's going to be people saying, well, gee, I laid on it and I felt better or something like that, you know, and I have no reason to doubt some of the research, but some of the research was done in Europe and that Europe, from what I understand, okay, now if you work on a computer all day long, you're going to charge up. The human body, if you look at the human body, it looks like um, three resistors and two capacitors. Capacitors hold a charge. You will charge up working on a computer, sitting underneath the lights, whatever, Okay. So you need to discharge. So the idea of the grounding mat, okay, you would get good results if you just laid on the mat because you would discharge. You're like a capacitor, but that's without it being connected to the earth. As soon as you connect that thing to the earth, you're going to charge back up again in, in North America because the ground is, is full of current that's moving, alternating current. So if you take a piece of aluminum foil, okay, and you put it on the floor and you stand on it with both feet, you will also discharge. And we've measured it. And you can measure it. You can buy a B&E meter and you can measure the person and you can see that they're – set them in front of a computer, watch them charge up. Let them go over and stand on this aluminum foil and you'll see them discharge. Within two minutes, it'll be totally discharged. You can take an Epsom salt bath and discharge. But, you know, I don't want to take an Epsom salt bath. I don't have the time and I don't want to do it. I can stand on a piece of aluminum foil, you know, for two minutes. It doesn't bother me. I can do it when I'm sorting my mail or whatever, and you'll achieve the same result. You have to be barefoot? No, it's stocking feet. There's not salt and sweat. So when people are sitting in front of the computer, and most of us are every day to some extent, mm -hmm. we do need to discharge then. Yes, it's a good concept. I'm not saying it's a, a bad concept. Right. My, my problem with this, and I have the measurements, remember? is that the ground is not at zero potential, the earth. In North America, it's not at zero potential. It's actually 70% of that, and that was 98 figures, of all the current that goes out on the hot wires comes back on the earth. And you certainly don't want to connect yourself to that ground plug on, on the outlet because there's a lot of voltage there. Is there any other way other than putting our feet on aluminum foil that we might be able to discharge for anybody else who may want to do that? There's the Epsom salts baths, right? Yeah, or go swim in the ocean or, or uh, you, you know, the mat. If you, if you own the mat and you want to discharge, just don't plug it in. Stand and lay in the mat. You'll accomplish, you know, what I think it wanted to. I don't know that the mat has aluminum in it, though. I don't know what it has. Well, it's supposed to be some sort of conductive material. But that's why the aluminum foil, the aluminum foil is a very good conductor. You can stand on a stainless steel, piece of stainless steel. Uh, you know, if you have a lot of money, put a piece of stainless steel in your house and, you know, stand on that every so often. Now, let's talk about the grounding situation in Europe for a little bit and how it's different than in North America. Hmm? Explain it to us. Okay. In Europe, they use a delta system. And what happens is the current that's generated at the power plant it goes through a transformer. And the transformer is connected to what we call a delta system. And they use 220 volts there. And instead of having, like, one hot wire or, you know, like a, what they do is they run it out on the line, okay? You have a hot wire, 
and all the wires are hot. And so they use like a bushing to bushing transformer, which I know you probably don't understand, but that's true. What what happens is when you, you're bringing 220 volts into the to the home, and all the electricity that comes comes out from you know the generating plant or the transformers or the substation now goes through, runs the computers, lights the light bulbs, runs the motors, you know, cools your food, whatever. All those electrons have to go back, but they have to go back on a wire. They came out on a wire and they go back on another wire. How do they do that? Well, it's just a circuit. It's a complete circuit, like. Uh, um, you know, in our home where we have turn on the lights at the lamp, you know, it comes in on the black wire and goes back out on the white wire. But the thing of it is, is when it's going back out on the, to the substation, okay, it has to be on a wire. In the United States, we use a grounded Y system, it's called. So at the substation, we, we take the center tap of the transformer and we ground it, hook it to the earth. Now when we go ahead, but it's hooked right... To the center. Now, when we send the wire, the current out on the hot wires, it has to come back via the earth, or, or by uh, it, 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 we give it two paths to come back. It should come back on a wire. We put a wire there, yes, but we also connect that wire to the earth. Ah. Oh. See, in in Europe, they don't connect any wires to the earth, just their skyline or something, you know, for lightning protection. But they don't ground any of the wires. Couldn't the reconnecting of all this help the health and well-being of people? Is there a way to remedy what you're describing is going on in North America? Oh, oh sure. Um, EPRI, Electrical Power Research Institute, did another study, and, and they did a book, and it uh, electromagnetic fields uh, management or something. I can get you the exact title. But the book used to cost $25,000, and it was just a little pamphlet, really. And... Uh, it says, in lieu of three recent epidemiological studies, something like that, linking childhood leukemia to cancer, we basically got to get the current out of the ground, okay? And it goes on to tell you the different methods of getting the current out of the ground, put it back up on the wire. Um, and it says, one way that virtually eliminates all ground current and still maintains the, the uh, advantage of a, a four-wire multi-grounded system, that's what we have, is to go to the fifth five-wire system. In other words, put up another wire. So is this a political thing to do it or to not do it? Is it an expensive process to do? Well, I would imagine there's some cost. That, well, obviously there's cost, but I think the fifth wire would be very minimal cost because the poles are already there, the right-of-ways are already there, uh, things like that. They did a study in New York, in um, EPRI, Electric Power Research Institute. In, yes. I think it was the New York Power Association or something. And what they did is they monitored the stray voltages, in other words, ground currents, and they monitored uh, EMFs for one year. Then they went out and they put up on one circuit, they put up an extra wire. The EMFs went down like 40% uh, and the stray voltages, or I think uh, 30, let's say 50% was the EMFs and 40% was the ground current, I think. Wow. Reduction. And it would have went down more had they done the whole system, but they just did one circuit. So is it possible to do it? Do we know how to do it? Is engineering available? Yes. You know, the answer is yes. So this is in the hands of the utilities, correct? Yes. Basically, that the ground current issue is in the hands of the utilities. Now, um, in 1980, well, there was a, harmonics was really a buzzword. In 1972, we, be, we there was an oil embargo. We had to become more energy efficient. So what happened by... Uh, 
we started developing things. We use current in short pulses, energy efficient lighting, variable speed frequency drives, electronic devices, things like that started coming into play. So it's, what happened is we created a lot of high frequencies on the line. But who created it? Not the electric utility, but the consumer with our use of this equipment. So by, by uh, the 1980s, harmonics and high frequency transits were kind of like a buzzword. So the Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers, the IEEE, developed a standard, a national standard, called the IEEE 519-1992. came out in 1992. It says no one client can put more than 5% voltage distortion or 20% current distortion back on the line. They made the electric utilities the policemen of it. So now the electric utilities are in the business of selling kilowatts, not turning people's power off. So I think it got away from them, something I don't know. Uh, but And maybe it's political, maybe it's money, whatever, I'm, I'm not sure. But what happened is we have all these high frequencies on the wires now, and the wire can't handle it. And so we have to put it, they put it, they had to do something with it. So in 1992 then, they allowed uh, the electric utilities to put the current in the earth, the public service commissions. Wow. Do you ever think that if one utility makes the change that the others will follow? Uh, no, because we've done some research with cows. People had complaints about cows. And we've had utilities that did make the change, and they were very uh, upset. You know, other utilities were upset at the people who did make the change. And, but when they made the change, the cows got better, the people got better, even the dog got better in one case. So, you know, uh, it's proven. They know they can do it, uh, and we know how to do it. So I'm not sure if one did it because i already seen it, and the other ones didn't do it. I think it's going to have to be legislated or something. Wow, that's profound. What else have you learned in all of the years that you've been doing measurements and testifying in court? Sounds well, like you've learned a lot. Yeah, I, I have. And me, I'm a meter man. You know, I mean, I like to see my meter and I like to see if A causes B, you know, if we remove A, B goes away, you know, things like that. To me, life should be black and white, up and down, quite simple, no gray areas. I mean, if you turn the light switch on, the light should come on. If you turn it off, it should go off. But what I, I so it's, I look at things from an engineering standpoint, but uh, I found that this is very political and you know, there's it, it, politics shouldn't enter into this. Uh, it shouldn't enter it into it all. You take a measurement; it's there. It's not good for you. Here, let's let's fix it so it isn't. But I think years ago, like electric utilities used to be run by people who probably actually climbed up a pole. Now they're run by MBAs. They don't know an electron from a ground rod, you know. And uh, so uh, the politics, which I didn't think should have any role in something like that's an engineering based company. Was there a particular country that in your exploration and your work with countries in this area that was particularly receptive to you? I know you talked about Canada and Russia, but do you find that there are others that were very receptive? Oh, sure. Uh, I worked with the Republic of Kazakhstan real close, uh, government people there, Russia. Uh, I was with the Deputy Minister of Health in St. Petersburg. I went to a top-secret military lab that no American had ever been to in Moscow. Uh, yeah, they treated me like like a king. Uh, I, I don't have any problems there. I, Israel, I, I've been in Israel, uh, the Middle East, Bahrain. 
Uh, I've met with the prime uh, deputy prime minister of Bahrain. I've had tea with him. Uh, uh, you know, he's had, in fact, he's got our filters. That's fantastic. I was going to ask you, we did talk about Europe, but we didn't talk about the Middle East and what the grounding situation is like there. Well, there they don't have the grounding problem like we have here. But what they have is still have the dirty electricity. Got it. There's no civilized, any place that has electricity, you know, that doesn't have the dirty electricity problem right now in the world. And if you read Millam's book, Dirty Electricity, you'll see uh, he's done all kinds of research on this. And he could show with the electrification of America how diseases like cancer and, and that just exploded. So this is a real call to set up environments to optimally keep out the dirty electricity and the high frequencies? Yeah, right. Look, I mean, I'm not going to throw my computer out. And, uh, and you know, I like watching TV as much as anybody else does in the evening. Um, you know, so the question is, can we use electricity and can we use it safely? And in my opinion, the answer is yes. What about for sound studios and sound systems and microphones? Is that also needs to be filtered separately yes I, I think you do and actually ideally and you know say well okay you have this filter you have something to sell professor graham and i originally we gave these things away until we could no longer give them away anymore financially it was breaking us but um you know just so people could get better because it was in fact i think we even put on the schematic and everything on the internet and said hey go build your own but then the things like underwriters laboratories started entering in and things like that so uh, you know liability and that so we, we had to go and get them made uh, and approved. But uh, we can definitely, you know, you need to have, like, ideally, Michael Dell builds that laptop computer. He knows what the frequency is that is going back on the line. He can make a tune filter and put it in there for that, and it would probably, wouldn't even add $5 to the cost of it. So ideally, we shouldn't have to have any product to sell what happens is the manufacturers of this equipment, uh, they know that they're putting this stuff back on the line. They should be required to, you know, put tune filters or something right in their equipment so it doesn't crap it off. What's a tune filter? The same thing? Well, if we know, we, for example, if we know a computer's putting 25 kilohertz back on the line, we can make a tune filter for just 25 kilohertz. In other words, it takes out between 24 kilohertz, 26 kilohertz, something like that, right? And so then we know that that's shorted out. So it's not getting back on the line. Where like, like I'm looking at at all this stuff. You know, one computer puts 12.5, another one light bulbs put 100 kilohertz back on the line. So I have to make a filter that will take out between two kilohertz and you know, uh, like 150 kilohertz. Is it a filter for each three prong plug? Explain no, it. I'm kind of confused. Each three prong plug. Right. But you don't need one for each three prong plug. Like I said, the average home has two TVs and one computer. The average home takes 20. Got it. Have you ever had people who were upset that you were educating the public or just bothered by the fact that you're bringing this awareness to light, even though other people have other doctors and people that do measuring? There's got to be other people in the world besides you, probably few like you, but there probably are other people. The question is, are they sharing this? Obviously, I'm not the most popular guy among the electric utilities, probably. Um, and we've had some issues with people like that. But generally speaking, people, you know, we have the measurements. So there's really not much of an argument that anybody can do from the other side because the measurements are there. So basically this type of a product, for example, that I had tried a little over a month ago, 
would work best in Europe, but not at all in the United States? It would work in Europe, sure. Uh, to discharge the body would definitely, you know, is a benefit. Uh, it would discharge you in Europe. It also discharge you here if you didn't plug it in. Got it. So what's new in your work these days? What are you working on? Well, right now we're, measure, we're, we're working on instrumentation, um, developing some meters. Professor Graham and Professor um, uh, uh, Sam Millam and Professor Havis. Um, we're developing some instruments that are like pickups that you can put on your wrist. And you can see the dirty electricity using an oscilloscope uh, that's in the human body. And then you can also see what's on the building's wires. And then if we turn something on, like a compact fluorescent light, for example, and we see 100 kilohertz all of a sudden, you know, uh, on our wires, then we also see it in the human body. And so if we plug a filter in, for example, then we see the 100 kilohertz disappear, and we see it disappear in the human body. Because people are saying, well, look, I sit out in the middle of the room. How can this, this dirty electricity that's on a building's wire over there, you know, affect me on the middle of the room. Well, it, it does. It capacitively couples into you. And so we're working on instrumentation where we can measure in the human body and then change that environment and watch the change in the body. So we all really need to be having at least one of the meters that you have right now for indoors, correct? Yeah, you need that meter for indoors. Now, if you put it in, you get miraculously better or feel a lot better and things like that. And now all of a sudden you say, okay, I, I must be electrically sensitive because I don't feel good when I my brother uses his cell phone or my husband or whatever. Okay, then you might want to start cleaning up, you know, the, the other stuff. But the most biologically active frequencies are between the, you know, what's on the building's wires. Got it. So I guess being in a place like New York, <laughs> highly congested area with buildings everywhere, you're getting charged up seriously. All the time, yes. Wasn't there a report also when you talk about like the cows being out to pasture and getting sick because they're picking up the ground currents? Then really, unless we're in Europe, and I know you said not to worry about walking around, but if you're spending a lot of time outside walking, you are picking up and you are getting charged by the ground currents, correct? That's true. But um, if you stand in one place and you put your feet shoulder width apart, you're gonna, you'll, we'll be able to measure it and you can see you charge and you put your feet farther apart, okay, then we'll see you charge up more. And we've done this research with physicists in, in uh, several places. Uh, we have a film out. I don't know, uh, you know if it's on the Internet or where it is now, but uh, we did some research with horses, cows, and, you know, and, of course, we were at the time. But we went out right in the middle of a pasture in Michigan, and there was these beautiful horses out there. And we put two rods in the ground, you know, 1.5 meters apart, and then we filmed the horses, and we hooked an oscilloscope to these rods, and we could measure the the uh, uh, electrical activity. So we put it on a computer, and we plotted it. And every time those, you know, the the high frequency transients would come in, the horses would lift their feet because it breaks the circuit. So they were almost like doing a dance out there, uh, you know, in the field, and it correlated 96.5 percent with uh, the transients that are on, that were on the buildings or on the ground. How sad. Yeah. Actually, yeah. You can't even go out in the middle of uh, anywhere and not get a 60-cycle sine wave. In fact, Professor Millam uh, was up in the Sierra Nevada mountains and it's up around 1,000 feet, and he put two rods in the ground, and he got a 60-cycle sine wave at 3 volts. God. I wonder if something could be done for the horse's feet. <laughs> well, 
but we wear shoes most of the time, things like that. But and and we don't have that big a potential difference between us, you know, like 1.5 meters. So the voltage would be smaller. So I mean, I'm not gonna say don't go walking on the ground or, you know, let's not put panic into it. Because no, I understand. I'm, I'm not really going there. I just I know you're not. I I just don't want any of the listeners to think, oh, gee, you can't. The guys should not walk on the ground. Go ahead. It was more the context that knowing what you're saying right now is that we are getting charged up when we walk around, even though we have shoes on. So then it would be a good practice to discharge every night or every day at a certain Several point. times. People who work in, you know, uh, computers, you know, don't put the aluminum foil right underneath your feet when you're working on the computer. But people who work on computers and stuff, yeah, get up, you know, when you go to the restroom or take a break or get a glass of water, go stand on the loom file for a minute or two. Have you ever heard of tachyon technology? Uh, I've heard it, but I, I haven't researched it. There are some type of devices that you can put on computers. I don't know about this. I'm not an expert in it, but that you can put in your circuit breakers, which reduce the charge. I just wondered if you'd heard about it. Um, I've I heard claims, but again, I go by my measurements. And if you show me on a meter where it works, but uh, I don't, you know, I guess I'm not going to accept something. Unless you measure it. I get it. Yeah. If you can't measure it with standard instrumentation, then, then I, uh, I'm going to have a, I'm going to be a harder sell. Totally understand. So when do you think these other measuring devices will be ready for us? This is going to be for the consumer for their wrist? Well, right now, what we're, well, the problem is you have to have an oscilloscope to, to see it. Okay, but we're in the prototype stages now, and they're they're absolutely working, you know, very well. But uh, professors of medicine who are doing research in this are getting the first ones. Uh, Professor Millen's got one. Um, Professor Havas will get one. Professor Genesis will get one. Uh, you know, things like that. You know, people who are doing research on it. And I guess if you contact me and you need one, and you're, you know, we'll make arrangements so you get one. Well, but. Professor Greenhouse would love one. <laughs> <laughs> The rain-making professor. You know, this oscilloscope, and, you know, you're probably looking at four or $5,000 for a scope just to, you know, the hook. We're just building the front end. Now, once we get this where we see it, okay, well, we, which we are there now, uh, then we want to eventually take this front end and put it into, like, some sort of digital readout so then the average person can have it. That would be fabulous. I mean, that's what happened with the oscilloscope. You can read, you can see this stuff on the wires, plain as day you know, the, the waveforms right. and how crappy they are. And so then the, when we were in Kazakhstan, like I said, they, they said, look, our health department has to go ahead and have a meter. We have to check this. In Kazakhstan and Russia and places, if you call up and you, you say, I have these symptoms and I think it's, you know, something, you know, like, uh, you know, headache, the nausea, the flu-like symptoms, and they, they think it's radio wave sickness, they send somebody out from what they call their sanitary station, or we would call it our health department. And they come out there, and they'll stand on the rooftop, and they'll look for cell towers or some ham radio operator that's got his, you know, uh, amplifier turned up too much. Or they're, they're, they'll come out and measure this. But they couldn't find it on the building's wires because they didn't look there, okay? So then they said, well, we can't buy an oscilloscope for everybody to, you know, and supply our health department and, let some, and train people. So can you make us this meter? that will t measure the amount of energy in the high-frequency range that's on the building's wires. And I said, well, I can't, but I know a guy who can. And, so, and Professor Graham could, and he did. And so then we come out with that GS meter. And on the number, Millam did some research on it, 
and you did some work at a school, and if the number's above 2,000, and you work in an environment for more than uh, six hours a day for 180 days a year, and the reason that is because of a school contract in California, you've increased your chances of getting cancer by 25%. Wow. If the number is above 1,000, you've increased your chances of getting cancer by 15%. Now, this is published in the Industrial Journal of Medicine. So, I mean, it's a published peer-reviewed journal. And they're, they're looking at using our meter, that GS unit, that the 1,000, 2,000 is on off the meter that Graham developed. So let's suppose that schools became very aware and exercised a commitment to lower the dirty electricity level in the environments by putting in these filters and also using meters, correct? Yes. How much would it make a difference? Oh, major. Uh, some schools have. Like I said, one school had 37 kids that, that um, had asthma, and they no longer used the inhalers. Uh, and they still haven't got any new cases or anything. That was several years ago eight years ago one school um the super not the superintendent the, the head of the school board told me that every year after they put those filters in the average test scores for the the, the kids when they tested went up so i mean the kids are if you take the symptoms of add adhd chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and you listed them and there's no known cause or cure then take the symptoms of radio wave sickness, which is a well-known, well-understood uh, phenomena, okay, or condition. They are, exactly, they are almost exactly the same. So Dr. Robert O. Becker said back in 1980s that, look, we are now being exposed to frequencies we've never been exposed to before. They are the cause of these made-up diseases of the 80s and 90s, and he listed those four. So the kids with ADD, there was some research done in Korea, and they put filters in with kids that had ADD in the classroom, then he straightened right out uh, the kids. Um, so I don't think it's some sort of genetic. I think it's an environmental thing, ADD and ADHD. I think you're right. Robert O'Becker was a wonderful advanced being, wasn't he? Who wrote the body yes, electric? Yeah. And he, he was right. In my opinion, he was right on, but you know, they pulled his funding. He was ahead of his time. I think he was on time, even though he was ahead of his time compared to where we are it was now. on time, but but yeah. the problem is, is that people uh, they wanted to keep this information suppressed. Let's talk about the low frequencies. Some people are very concerned about low frequencies bombarding the body and impacting and altering our health and well-being. What's your take on it? Uh, you'd have to define low frequency. What uh, you know? What what frequency band are you looking at? Okay, well, let's just say that the filters that you provide for the house or the apartment are from the ranges of, did you say 0.2 or 2? No. Yeah, from 2 kilohertz to 150 kilohertz. 2 kilohertz to 150 kilohertz. What about below that? Below that? Yes. Um, I, I haven't spent a lot of time uh, researching that. Uh, I've read thousands of documents on the higher frequencies, um, but nothing below that. I know brain waves are a certain frequency and like wind, wind generation, the the blade bypass can, you know, I've read reports where that can uh, give you it, it problems and things. But I, I have enough on my platter with just the the band that I'm working with. So absolutely, I don't absolutely. Where else. Well, Dave, I really appreciate you coming on the show. You're so knowledgeable, and I think that everybody needs to listen to this. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we say goodbye? No, I, other than reiterating the fact that you know. 
can we, we have all these electrical devices and, and we want to use them? And the answer is, can we use them and can we use them safely? And in, in my opinion, y- you can. There's a, I look at things from a different standpoint. Uh, I like engineering and I think that there's an engineering solution to an engineering problem. And dirty electricity is, a, is an engineering problem. And so is the ground current issue. It's an engineering problem. And is there a solution? The answer is yes. Ladies and gentlemen.